You may be seated. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Pastor Annette, Pastor Jose. I love you guys dearly. You guys, church, church, thank you for sharing them with us. I don't need to tell you this, the church at the bridge, but you have been blessed with the best. How many know that? How many believe that? Their heart is amazing. They have such a big heart for you, a big heart for this community. And I see their hearts in your hearts. I see their vision in your hearts. It's amazing to see what God is doing in this church, in this house. Or I should say it this way, through this house, through this church. I'm so excited to be here. I've been wanting to come stop by for a couple years. And I'm really excited for what God has in store for you because how many know the best is yet to come? God has more in store. God has greater things for this house. I really believe it over the past couple years that we've grown to love your pastors and connect. I just sense there's something beautiful and special about your leaders and about what God is doing in Newburgh and what God is doing in this city. Listen. Your pastors are gifted and talented. They have a vision from God, and I'm just so honored to know them. I'm just honored to have a relationship with them. And let me encourage you, church, to show them honor, to honor your pastors, because what I've learned is honor releases the blessing. Honor releases the blessing. Don't ever get used to your pastors. One thing I love about them is that they hang out. Right? They chill with you guys, right? They're around. Don't ever get used to them. Don't ever get used to them. Make sure in all your circumstances and every time you get in contact with them, you encourage them, you bless them, you pray for them, and you recognize that they have been sent by God to you as a gift. As a gift. Honor. Honors to value, to appreciate. Honor them. Appreciate them. Pray for them. And I just love the fact they do ministry with their family. Yeah, I mean, their daughter, their son, everybody, grandkids, right? They're all around. Isn't that amazing? You've been blessed not just with one pastor, but first of all, how many know that Pastor Jose married up? (laughs) Right. Like, way up. Us pastors, you know, we want to look cool and act cool, but we could not do this without our brides behind us, encouraging us, making us look good. They make us look good. And then to have your kids and grandkids a part of it. You've been blessed with a family, a pastoral family. Bless them. I can't say this enough. Honor them, love them, pray for them. The Bible says that we're to not just uh, have confidence in them, but submit to their authority. That's so important because they watch over your soul. And the Bible says to do that so that it will go well with you, with you. So let me just encourage you to continue to do that and um, continue to pray for them and encourage, encourage them. This morning, my wife is preaching at our church, which I'm really excited. <laughs> Checking her out online. We co-pastor together. We've been in Middletown for 12 and a half years. I've been in ministry for 25 years. Oh, my gosh. And we're about to celebrate 25 years of staying in love, of marriage. It's like. Now, when I got married at the age of 15, you know, I was kind of young. I was really young. But 
actually, I'm having a hard time this morning because I hit 50 in October. What? I'm officially a member of AARP. I know it's hard to believe, but I was once cool. I was once young. But I'm excited, turning 50, celebrating 25 years. I have two amazing sons. One is training, uh, actually he's in Bible College in Miami. He's attending VU College, and his church is VU Church, and he's pouring his life into VU Church this morning. My other son is 15, and he's on the production team. So our entire family, we do ministry together as well. We're a ministry family. I'm just blessed with my family, and my wife sends her love to you, of course, Pastor Annette, into this house. I'm excited because I listened to last week's message from your pastor, and your pastor was dropping some truth bombs. I was like, wait a second. It was the first five minutes. And it's one bomb after the other bomb after the other bomb. And and we're in a series called Why, right? You guys in a series called Why. So I just want to kind of piggyback on that series. Is that all right? Piggyback on that series. And he was talking about generosity. That it's not about what we give, it's how we live. Isn't that awesome? And he talked about how generosity changes your life, it changes your heart, it changes your community, it changes your church, and it changes your world. Isn't that powerful to know that the transformation and the changes that happen in this world are because of us, that God would use us to be generous and impact people is so powerful. I learned generosity the hard way about 20 plus years ago. I planted a church in Boston. Now, I was born and raised in the Bronx. So, I was born and raised in the Bronx, so I had to go to Boston and save those Red Sox fans because God knows they were lost. But anyway, I lived in Massachusetts, and and God had called me, and I was in Boston, and um, I was working full-time, pastoring a church. Sundays after church was our time to crash. So I remember we were thinking about, well, let's watch a movie. But then the spirit of McDonald's came over me. How many get that? Like all of a sudden you just got to get some fries, right? Just hot, crispy fries. So I'm like, honey, you know, before we watch this movie, let's go get some Mickey D's. Um, you know, let's, all right, we got in the car. We didn't have kids, so we got in the car. And uh, we went and we got our Mickey D's. And then we were coming home. We hit a light, and there's someone standing on the side of the road that said, hungry. And I looked at that person, I'm like, you ain't taking my fries. I am not, <laughs> I am not, I know you're hungry. Me too, bro. Me too. <laughs> I'm hungry too. So my wife is telling me, honey, this is of God. You know, you've got to give your meal, the, the, the dinner. I'm like, I'm not doing it. Get thee behind me, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Get thee behind me. And the best thing happened in the world, the light turned green. I said, sorry, I'm out. I kept the Mickey D's. I'm messed up. But that was okay. That was his problem, not mine. And on the way home, she goes, honey, you don't know if an angel, you were entertaining an angel. I'm like, get that. Let me angel talk. Ain't no angels entertaining angels. Because the scripture says that you might be entertaining an angel. If you feed the poor, help them, those who are helpless. So we get home, we're watching the movie in the middle, or the beginning of the movie. I forget what movie it was. 
they're talking about entertaining angels. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm like rocking my burger and I'm like eating my fries. I'm like, and they're talking about you never know if you give to the poor, you help and entertain angels. And she's like, mm-hmm, I told you. <laughs> so I get into the car, so mad, because now I can't even enjoy my quarter pound. I get into the car. I go to Mickey D's right around the block, and I go to the spot where he was, and he was not there. And that's when I started learning how important it is to give, to be generous, not to be selfish. And to this day, I see anyone in need. I don't judge them. I do what I can to help them because you don't know. First of all, I don't want to have that look from that wife or that I told you so. But more importantly, I don't want to have that look from God. I don't want to have that I told you so from the Lord. I want to be his vessel. We are his hands. We are his feet. And we're called to, to, to reach the community. Church, we are God's plan A to reach the world. There is no plan B. It's us. It's you and me. It's us. And right now we're here, and God wants to not just do stuff for us. He wants to do stuff in us and through us. He wants us to reach people through you and through me. So listen, if generosity changes the heart, changes our situation, changes the world, if generosity impacts people and causes people to turn to the Lord and to give God thanks, because that's what the scriptures say, right? That when you give and are generous, they will say, thank you, Jesus, because of them. Thank you, Jesus. They will give glory and honor to God because of your generosity. My question for us today is not why, but why not? Like, why not be generous? Can I walk forward a little bit? That right here? Why not be generous? Like, why not? Like, if, if Pastor Jose's been preaching for several weeks, I know Pastor Inez has been teaching and preaching. Like, why not? And I'll tell you why not. You know why not? Our mindset. That's why not. Because when we think of generosity for a lot of us, our mindset goes into default mode. Now, scientists will tell you that our brain operates in default mode and direct mode. Half the time, we're in default mode. You wake up, wake up, this is what happens to me. I wake up, go downstairs, make the coffee, get the cream. I'm not thinking. Have a seat, read my scriptures, spend time with Jesus, take a shower. It's just like I'm a robot, go to work. I don't think about how to get to work. I just go to work because my mind is in default mode. And for a lot of us, our mind defaults to a mindset of scarcity and lack because we may not realize it growing up, we may not have had a lot. Or, or maybe the messages that we're hearing in the news right now, you know, things are running out. I remember I started panicking when I heard they're going to run out of chicken wings. I, I did. did. Did you hear that? Do you remember that? I'm like, honey, we got to stock up because every Sunday I have chicken wings after church and, and, and other times. But... Um, <laughs> Right. <laughs> now, toilet paper, I could deal with lack, lacking toilet paper. I, I just found some extra rolls at the church. <laughs> now we know where they went, all the extra toilet paper. She's like, oh, I was fine. Look. 
now we know why we didn't have. I forgot what I was saying. What was I talking about? I got off in chicken wings and, 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 and the lack. We have this lack mentality because we're hearing everything's running out. Like, what about turkeys? Did you hear turkeys were running out? Like, but then you go right now, they're like $5, like, for a turkey because they have too many. Like, like, it's just this mentality, and it affects our subconscious, and, and we have this, this scarcity mindset. So when we think about giving or being generous with anything, our default mode mindset kicks in and says we can't because we'll run out. We won't have enough. That's why the scriptures tell us and teach us, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What we need to do is reset our mind. And that's what I want to talk to you today about. Reset your mind. So, so we have default mode of thinking, then we have a direct mode of thinking. If we are going to be like Christ or have the mind of Christ, Paul says, let the mind of Christ be in you. That's what he says. We have to first intentionally identify bad thinking or negative thinking patterns in our minds, default mindsets that are not godly, that are not of the Lord, right? Mindsets that hinder us from becoming who God wants us to become. So we have to reset our mind, and that takes intentionality. It takes you and I to be in God's word and not just to read it but to believe it. Because what transforms your mind is the truth of God's word. Your mindset might say, I'm going to run out, but God promises, and God says, My, the righteous will never go around begging for bread. That I will provide and I will meet your needs according to my riches and glory. That's what the truth of the word of God is. So I might think initially that I may not have enough, but intentionally I'm going to believe that I have enough. That I have enough. So when it comes to generosity, I'm going to touch on three mindsets that we all have to kind of look at. And maybe we fall into one of those mindsets. The first mindset is the bag mindset. Let's see if I have it. Here we go is the bag mindset. The bag mindset for many people is that, you know what, I'm working so hard, I get paid, and the harder I work, I'm trying to fill up my bag, and I'm getting paid, and I'm working overtime. And it's just like, I, I, I just put some money in my bag, and then when I look, it's empty. I'm always broke. I always feel broke. I always think broke. I always think like I don't have. And I look into my bag and I can't be generous. And there might be reasons why. Maybe you got into some debt. Maybe you got into some bad financial deals. Maybe you made some decisions. Maybe you're not working at the right place. Maybe you're not doing what God wants you to do. But all of us at one point in our lives struggle with this bag mindset. It's this mindset that I can't be generous because I don't have enough. We read this in Haggai chapter 1, verse 6. It says this, you have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you just never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them in a bag with holes in it. 
I'm working, I'm trying, I just can't get ahead. I can't trust God. I can't depend on God. Just, I, didn't, I can't afford to trust God. But if that's you, let me encourage you to reset your mindset. It's time to let go of the old way of thinking and put on a new way of thinking and a new way of living. It's time to reset and be transformed by the renewing of your mind because your life always goes in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Proverbs says, as a man thinks, so he is. And I hate to tell you this, but if you're thinking broke and poverty and lack, that's what's going to be seen in your life and, the be and your behavior. Because the truth is this. You may not feel rich because you're comparing yourselves with others. And this is the truth. This is what happens to us. We don't feel like we're wealthy or rich because we struggle. We may not have everything we want. We look at others that have more than us. But wealth is not a feeling. It's not a feeling. Because people that have more than you don't feel rich either because they're comparing their lives to others. But Scripture says that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing from heaven. First of all, we are rich in Christ, just to start, right? We're rich in Christ. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing from heaven, but also God has provided for our needs, right? That's what we have to understand, that although we may feel broke and we may actually be broke to this culture, we're not fully broke because we still go to places where people cook us food. Yeah. Right? We still go to places people cook us food. And, and, and we may not have everything we need, but, but we have houses. And some of us have houses for our cars. <laughs> Y'all were like loving me just a little while ago, but that's okay. We have houses for our cars. And, and, and we complain we don't have what everybody else has in the world, but we do have our iPhones and our Internet. And let's break it down even further. If you make more than $10 a day, you make more than 75% of the world who lives on $10 a day or less. Actually, if you make $35,000, you are in the top 1% of wage earners. We are blessed. We, we are rich, but why do we feel broke? It's because sometimes it's all about what's in our bag. You know, in the New Testament, there was a guy who was all about the bag. His name was Judas. Judas was very upset because there was this woman who came to Jesus and she poured perfume on Jesus' feet. And he's like, are you crazy? Do you know how much that costs? Do you know what you can be doing with that money? That's what he said to her. She was worshiping Jesus with what she had. First of all, let me tell you that whenever you worship Jesus with what you have, Sometimes people will call you crazy. Yeah. Why are you giving to the church? Why are you giving your time? Why are you serving so much? Why are you at that church at the bridge on Mondays? Didn't you just go on Sunday? Like, why do they need you Monday? And then you got Tuesday. And then you got Friendsgiving Wednesday. And you got friends and friends on Thursday. Then friends and family on Friday. And why are you there? Like, do you get paid? And I would tell them, yeah. The pay is out of this world. That's what I would tell them. You don't know. You just don't know. 
That's why we have to transition from the bag to the basket. The basket mindset. This is the mindset that many of us are at. Where does money come from? Hallelujah. Look at Money is just pouring out of heaven on this church. All right. Basket mindset. This is when we reset our mindset from the bag, we then have a basket mindset and we believe and experience that there is enough. That God meets my needs. That God has supplied for me. Thank you, Lord, for bread. Thank you, Lord, for provision. Thank you for taking us through these past 20 months. Thank you for providing. Thank you for feeding me. Thank you for helping me pay my bills. And even when I didn't have, you still somehow, some way gave me everything I needed. We are blessed. So Luke chapter 6, it, it says here where we are. Here, 638 says, give and it will be given to you. This is, this is how you start experiencing the basket blessing when you learn how to give. It will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. First of all, give and you get back seven different times. So there's seven different, seven different, it's a good measure. First of all, given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Now what is the scripture talking about? Shaking together. I know some of you are like shaking together. No, it's not shaking together. He's alluding to um, the New Testament in which the masters would tell their day laborers when they were harvesting to leave some behind. In other words, they were to fill their baskets to three quarters for the beneficiaries who would come after them. They were people who struggled. They were people who didn't have. They were people who were poor. So the master wanted to be generous and extend benevolence for those people. Now, those people were hungry. So after the day laborers went and harvested the wheat, there was so much left over that they would fill the basket. You do this sometimes. Shake it together. Come on, everybody. Let's shake it together. Thank you, Lord. And just fill it until it was overflowing. It was because of the generosity of the master. Church, hasn't God been generous to you? Has the Lord been generous? He's been generous to me. He has blessed me with more than I've ever asked, more than I've ever needed. Sometimes I get overwhelmed with the generosity of God. And do you know when I experience the generosity the, the most is when it comes from people, when people are generous. I mean, recently I had a friend just kind of just love me with generosity, and I was just overwhelmed. I felt like I didn't deserve it. You ever feel that way? Well, that's how God's generosity is. We don't deserve it. We don't. But he gives it sometimes just because he loves us and just because he wants to bless us. Because he's good. He's good. He's a good God. We may not have everything we want, but I know I have all that I need. And I don't mean just monetarily. I mean in Christ. I have everything I need. That's what it means to have a basket mindset. I love Philippians. It says, um, 
that when my God, listen, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I just want to encourage you today. If you're struggling, it's okay. God will provide. But what's the secret to this principle? It's giving. You give, and it will be given back to you. And you're able to experience the blessing of the basket. And then you're able to recognize that God meets your needs. And you know what I've learned sometimes? That even when I don't give, God is still giving to me. Have you learned that? That's what I'm learning. That even when I'm not as generous as I should, God is still generous to me because he's a loving, kind God. I love Deuteronomy 28.4 because once we have our baskets and he's blessing us, he says, the fruit of your womb will be blessed. The crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. He's talking about your life, your business, everything you have. And then verse 5, it says, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. So first of all, I speak blessing over your baskets in Jesus' name. I pray blessing upon everything you touch in Jesus' name. I pray that, that you experience the blessing of God. And it says in verse 6, you will be blessed when you come in, and you will be blessed when you go out. I just love that. I love that. Listen, I am hashtag blessed. I don't know about you. Hashtag blessed. Highly favored. And it's not because I have a Lamborghini. It's just God has been so good to me. He's been so good to me, so faithful. He's given me fresh bread from heaven. But what if I were to tell you now, here we go, that there's another kind of mindset that God wants to bless us with. This is next level stuff. This is not about a basket or a bag. I love this. There's another level of generosity. There's another mindset that God wants to bless us with. And it's intentional. We have to intentionally believe it rewire our brains to believe this type of mindset. It's called, come on guys, it's called the barn mindset. Here you know God is enough. But the barn? Y'all thought this was decoration. You're like, wow, this church is like really cool and rustic. I love this church. This is, this is, represents the barn mentality. When you recognize and understand that God is not just enough, he is infinitely, infinitely more than enough. He's just not more than enough. That's your default mindset. It's time to reprogram our minds to believe that God is just not more than enough. He is infinitely more, more than enough. Look at what Deuteronomy 8.8 8 says as we continue Deuteronomy. It says, the Lord will send a blessing on your what, church? Your barns and on everything you put your hand to. Come on, church. To the Lord your God will bless you in the land. Who's giving? He's giving you. God is giving you land to bless you. That everything you touch will be blessed. That's the kind of blessing I want in my life. I want to be able to touch things and then be blessed. I want to, God to touch a business. Maybe you need God to touch your finances. Maybe you need God to touch your kids. 
That's the kind of blessing God wants to release over our lives. That's a barn blessing. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns, right? And I got to read it again because it's so great. And everything you put your hand to, Lord, use these hands. Can we do that? I, I've never done this like in the middle of a message, but let's lay your hand and say, Lord, use these hands to be a blessing, to be a blessing, to be a blessing, Lord. And then it says, the Lord your God will bless you in the land he's given you. Maybe this is for church at the bridge. Maybe the Lord is in the process of sending a blessing because of all of the generosity. Come on, church at the bridge. Everything you've been pouring out for years now. I hear 9,000 meals in three years. Like, what? That doesn't make sense in my mind. You guys have a food truck? Like, I want a food truck. Like, a food. I remember Pastor Jose said, Pastor Joe, look at this. We had a big hot dog on it at the time. Look at this. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, get it. Like, yes. Like, what is that? blessing, but that's, that's been basket blessing. Get ready for the barn blessing. Barn blessing. See, you don't realize that you've been planting seeds. You've been investing, not for your glory, but for God. You see, God, God just wants to, to, to know he can trust you with what he has prepared for you. So here's the question. How do I begin to experience the barn blessing. How do I receive it? Do you guys want to know the answer or maybe maybe not? <laughs> Are you sure? All right. So 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 check it out. Here we learn how to give. We give. God gives back. Proverbs 3 tells us how to receive the barn blessing. Proverbs 3, verse 9. What does it say, church? Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Pause right there. What is he talking about? He's talking about the tithe. The first fruits. The first 10% of your increase. And tithing is not about being generous. The tithe doesn't belong to us. We're just returning back to God what already belongs to him. So here we go. I have 100 bucks here. And I don't have two tens. Anybody have change? All right, we'll use this as a good example. I earn $100. Okay. $10 belongs to the Lord. Yes. It's not mine. Because yes. he's the one that put it in my hand anyway. Yes. Right. Right. right? So the Lord, here, give it to me. Take it. The Lord provides for my basket. Thank you, Lord. And I give back $10. But then the, the, the other 10 then represents my heart of generosity. 
It's above the tithe. It's above the tithe, right? Heart of generosity. So what does it say? It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Okay? Are you following me now? Okay, we're moving from here to there. Check it out. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. And your vats will brim over with new wine. Now some of you are like, that's what I'm talking about, Pastor. Let's get this bar going. <laughs> That's not the wine he's talking about. Okay, so easy now, church, easy. Okay, he's talking, when the Bible talks about wine, he's new wine, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. So this is the blessing when we return back to the Lord he not only blesses us physically, he blesses us spiritually. You can't have revival without having first a revival of generosity. Woo! Woo! That's where generosity begins. Um, revival begins with generosity. He says, your barns will be filled to overflowing. I, I would love that, right? I want to experience that. But th this is something that you need to learn and understand, that God is ready and able to fill our barns to overflowing. Like, oh, my gosh, there's just so much in here. Like, I, I can't even close the door. But this is the mistake we make. We think that the overflow is for us. You see, we can experience barn blessings and still have bag mentality and think it's for us I can't tell you how many people have experienced barn blessings and they still feel broke overflowing you know those people you might be one of them we'll just talk about the others it's just I've been, I've been so blessed but I just got to hold on to it and this is what I've learned if you hold on to what you have that's all you'll ever have but when you understand that the wealth that comes to you is not just for you, that you're a funnel for God to work through you, that's the blessing. That's where it begins. Because we are more blessed when we give than receiving. So many people think, wow, I'm so blessed because my barn is filled. That is blessing. But the greater blessing is releasing. It's releasing and being generous. So I, I'll close with this. Is it too early to close? I, I for, no? Could I look? I'm, I got like 23 minutes. All right, I'll take my time. Luke chapter 12. <laughs> in my church, I'm done in 30, so sorry. Luke chapter 12, there's this parable, and this is, this is Jesus now illustrating this principle. Follow me now. Jesus told this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. Pause right there. Notice he was, he, he was already rich. He was blessed. And on top of that, he experienced barn blessing. Barn blessing. And he, and, and, okay, in verse 17, he thought to himself, what should I do? 
I have no, what am I going to do with all this? I have no place to store my crops. Then verse 18, he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down the barns and I'll build bigger ones. And isn't that true? Like when God blesses people, you know, let me just get a bigger house. Let me just get a bigger car, like bigger. We miss it sometimes. That's what happened to him. He missed it. He said, I'll tear down the barns, build bigger ones, and there I'll store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat. Drink. Be merry. Chill. Relax. I'm blessed. But here we have a very harsh response from the Lord. But God said to him, you're a fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who's going to get what you've prepared yourself for, prepared for? Like, life is short. And I was thinking, Lord, why, why did you call him a fool? Easy. It wasn't name calling him. I believe the Lord was saying you're foolish because your confidence is what is it was in what you had. Your security was in what you had. And secondly, you did not, you were not generous with what you had. So this is verse 21. This is what it says here. It says, this is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves. It was all about him. Me. My life, my barns, eat, drink, and be merry. It was all about him. He didn't understand it. It was for others. And he says, this is how it will be forever who stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. You see, when we don't understand the principle of generosity, we're going to spend our lives trying to get rich. We're going to spend our lives trying to accumulate possessions. We're going to try to act rich, right, and not really understand what it means to be rich. Because wealth or richness in the eyes of God is not about how much you can possess or accumulate. It's about being rich towards God. And Jesus says, when you bring a cup of water in my name, you do it unto me. You're blessing these families. I know I'm looking up because the gifts are up there, right? You're doing that unto the Lord. You're feeding people. It's unto the Lord. You're being rich towards God. It's not about how much we can possess. It's about how much can we can release. And this is what's beautiful. God is going to bless you with more. And I sense that and I believe that Pastor Jose and Pastor Annette, God has seen your heart. You've been faithful with what he has given to you. God's about to release more. Release more. Release more. Release more. Release more. I believe that. I live by this, by this statement, the best is yet to come, right? God has more in store. Get ready for 2022, church. Get ready. 
no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it come into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Get ready, church at the bridge. So this is, this is what I just, as we close, this is what I just encourage you to do. Be all in. Be all in, heart, mind, body, soul. I'm all in. I'm all in. And how do you say you're all in? With my finances first, my first fruits, my tithe. Putting God first. Come on, church. Don't get quiet on that. We don't have to. We get to give. And trust me, I didn't want to talk about tithing today. But when I was working this message and it came up, I was like, Lord, they ain't going to have me back. No, I'm just kidding. I'm like, like, save this for the pastor. Like, I don't need to bring this up. Like, let's just, I want to be liked. But I believe the Lord brought it up because it's the key to release barn blessings. Barn blessings. Barn blessings on your life. So can we close in prayer? Would you bow your head and... And if you, if, if you feel comfortable, just lift your hands as I pray over you. I really feel this is a holy moment, a prophetic moment. Jesus, Jesus, come on, church, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Let me just pray over you right now. Release barn blessings, barn blessings, barn blessings, barn blessings, barn blessings, barn blessings. Release, release, release the favor, release the goodness, release the finances, Lord, for the building, for the ministries, for the things you have prepared for this house, Jesus. Lord, we know blessings coming, Lord. And Lord, where you command blessing, nothing can stop it, Jesus. So Lord, I prophesy over this house, Lord, that the blessings of God will begin to flow over every person, over every heart, over every life. Lord, let everything that this church touches be blessed. Let everything we touch be blessed. Lord, I pray, Lord, blessing, barn blessing. Thank you for the pastors, the leaders of this house. Barn blessings upon them. Barn blessings upon their family. That no weapon formed against them will prosper. What you have prepared, no man can stop. Keep them encouraged. Keep them in faith. They will continue to believe. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for this house. Thank you for your blessing. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody get to say, amen. amen. Love you. I love you guys. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.